Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the wire. Man, it's December 1st, y'all. It is, it is grind season for a lot of us, and it's NBA season for everybody. Derek, I feel like we ain't talked to you in a few days. What you been up to, bro? I just been chilling, bro. Working out, just enjoying myself, working on myself. Just, I don't know. Just working on life, honestly. That's, mm. that's, all, I'm doing. that's yeah. all I've been on these last few You've days. Been active on Twitter, man. I see him in a lot of them uh, replies. Some familiar accounts too. Same, hey man, the same man, account you're playing on too. Let's man. put it out there. The man's a flirt. The man like R. Kelly. He's <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'll be seeing him on the Hana Hoops. I'll be seeing him under the Mary Girl account. I'll be seeing him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That boy shooting his shot indirectly. You know what I'm talking about? So, you know, I, I'm wishing it's, them all luck. It's crazy because I never look at it as first. <laughs> like yesterday, all I did was say that Nurkish would have. A breakout season next year and then kv talking about big sound <laughs> we all have fans who make some of the same tweets and i don't ever see you finding out when they have the audi and not the any like <laughs> like, you like blackwing blackwing makes a lot of debatable I tweets on the blackwing's tweets no you do you have but i'm just saying like hey it's, it's a little way it's a little way you'll be okay. responding under them tweets though like you be looking for some attention, you want that response back. Hey, the the extra thing get... is when that emoji is in it. That's how you know. <laughs> that's that's how you know, bro. Either way, um, happy nah, that you are you are growing. What you say? When y'all get single, y'all probably gonna be on the same. When y'all get single, what are you wishing if, on us? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> if 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 it was to happen, Listen, it, the world don't Twitter basketball Twitter don't want me to be single no more. Cause I, I I would mess up all of the the, the, the shits. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm happily in my relationship, but I do know if I was single, I'd be seeing a lot of people under a lot of different people things. I would just fuck it all up. <laughs> <laughs> the man said, "When y'all get single." Crazy. Uh, <laughs> what about you, you, Mike? We miss you when you're on the Xbox. Just to let you know. X. Nah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Happy our program team moving back in the right direction, man. It, it's been a rough couple of days for those that don't know. Like they say, never happened to us before in the world of two. We were on like an eight game losing streak. You don't have to tell people that. I got and you. I, <laughs> and, I wanted, that, it was really I, I hurting. Say, for what KB just said, where is the number eight coming from? You, it's like you magically magically pulled yeah, that out bro, of your head. We didn't. We went. We went two days without a win, and we was playing like three, four games. Why are you? What are you talking? That that's cap. P, tell them that's cap. Tell the world that's cap. We didn't go that long without it. It is cap. And secondly, you got to put context behind things. Like, I am on my fourth build. And the last two days we played, I wasn't playing with my guys that are 92 and above. Mm-hmm. We've had games where we bust people ass. KB went to the center. John came with a new build. I had a new build who was below 90. So, you know, it, it happens. That's why it was a wreck game. Those weren't pro-am games either. The, by the, the point is, though, I'm happy we're moving in the right direction. Other than that, I'm doing good. Sounds but what I want to say to you, too, Mike, because I like how you was. You was great yesterday as a team leader because my dude ain't there yet. And I missed some layups and shit here and there. Mike, like, that's okay. That's a good shot. That's cool. That's you know, when you, when your I... dude grind, when you grind your dude, he going to make them, P, I know. So I like that leadership from my point guard out there, man. Hey, I got to I gotta give you credit when it's due, you know, because I am quick to discredit a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we got a lot of 
And you got a lot of talent on that team. I think so, too. And finally, P, how you doing on this I'm, Tuesday? I'm a piggyback off Mike. I love the direction we was going. Uh, <laughs> I'm a piggyback off D-Mills. I miss him. I like that he getting his shit together. But I do like when he in the game at the end of the day recapping with the fellas. You know what I mean? That's what we do. That's the routine. Even if we ain't playing – Terrence ain't playing no game yesterday, but he was just in the park because you you just it's, – it's our way to socialize while we can't socialize. So, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, I'm grinding my dude. If I could turn my camera around, people would see my badge screen in front of me. I just got a new playmaking badge. Um, and I do like our team. I do like our team, though, man. Uh, I just think John is hilarious. The nigga John was was playing with that thing yesterday, bro, for like two hours, bro. Okay, trying to figure out the name first of all of the build, and then he ended up not making it because he said he didn't want to put the fifty dollars in there. Why were you ever fucking with it then? <laughs> you wasn't going to put dollars in there, Brody. You just wasted two hours of your time. That's his exact words. Like as soon as he, as soon as he was done, like two hours later, he was like, "Now, do I actually want to grind this thing?" <laughs> yeah, like all of the things that he knew he was going to have to do, he contemplated. Do I want to put the fifty ball in there? Do I want to grind him? Dang, he's a character. Is. So today is the beginning of December, and all the teams have reported to training camp. Um, so it's official that, you know, basketball is going to be coming doing? back. You're not going to say how you doing? I'm always good, man. I'm always good. Looking never good never had a bad day in my life. Got a couple packages this weekend. Especially Facts. from that 100 Thieves package. Shout out, out to 100 Thieves, man. I waited for my package too, baby. Still waiting on mine too. All game, we out here, man. Oh, you're going to be waiting for a little, little while for the call game stuff to <laughs> come fine. through. That's fine. Um, but yeah, yeah, training camp. You're going to see a lot of quotes. You're going to see a lot of footage of people just running. So it's officially that time. I got a few questions for y'all going into the season. We're going to do like a, a real like uh, ranking and thing like that later on before we get to the real regular season. But get bo- everybody give me like three teams y'all super interested in going into this season. Phoenix Suns. Okay. Give me your reason for the Phoenix Suns because I agree. You said give me my reasoning? Mm-hmm. Um. Chris Paul, the Chris Paul edition. Um, they, they, that's him and Devin Booker. I want to see that. And then DeAndre Ayton's emergence. I want to see how him having one of the best pick and roll players we've ever seen in the game, how that evolves with him. I feel like he can learn a lot from Chris Paul in that pick and roll. And then you have even he can, him and Devin Booker, that, that duo will also be very good. So I like the Kevin, not Kevin Johnson. I forgot his first name. Not Cameron Johnson. Cam Johnson. Yeah. And I want to see his emergence. Um, this whole team is going to be very fun to watch. I think that's a good answer because um, I think we all probably have them in our playoff picture, which is a good thing for Phoenix Suns fans. Um, and what I've been seeing, which is which is good for team camaraderie, is Devin Booker has went back and retweeted a bunch of tweets that he had about yeah. Chris Paul from the past. Like tweets from 2017, yeah. he was just retweeting. 2013, he was retweeting. And we saw like a day after the trade happened, they were already in the gym working out, which is like – Phoenix fans should be super, super fun, uh, super happy about the things that's going on. I still don't like. They had said that they were going to change to the fellas, but then I just saw something recently where they were going by the New Valley Boys after Kelly Oubre is gone. I don't, I don't know no, what their team name going. I know they should just change to the fellas. Just, just change it completely because that was a Kelly Oubre thing. Uh, but either way, agree, Derek. That that's a team that we should all be excited to watch. You got any more? He said three, Derek. 
Oh, um, Brooklyn. Uh, the Kyrie, Kevin Durant duo. Uh, we ain't seen Kevin Durant play basketball in over a year. And when we did see him, he was arguably one of the best play, the best player in the league, you could say. Um, so, yeah. I think that's another, that's another good one. Um, I was reading an article, and they were talking about Kevin Durant. And, um, you know, they've been doing a lot of different runs. And I don't know if any real footage has come out of Kevin Durant in a run recently. Uh, but they were saying he is more explosive. And I feel like I've, I hear that every time somebody's coming off one of those big injuries. Yeah. We said that about, they said that about Derrick Rose. It was like, he's an inch taller. He's more athletic. and. <laughs> but, you know, the thing about Derrick Rose, though, because I watched his, his, his rehab videos that he had put out around the time. And the reason he said he was saying that is because a lot of the athleticism and things he was doing pre-injury, it was just God-given. So now when you break something down and you have to rebuild it, he said he was learning how to balance. He was, you know, because he was saying, people don't know I have this 40-inch vertical, but my balance was terrible. They was asking me to stand on one foot, and I was falling over. So being able to control my body now is just as, it, it makes you, yeah, he doesn't have that same probably 44-inch vertical or whatever he had, but he still took it as being able to balance, have control over my body, knowing how to stop, go, all these different things that we don't look at makes him feel like he's just as explosive. Um, KB is right, though. We always hear um, this guy is, you know, even more explosive. They saying it about John Wall. Like, hey, John That's Wall right. is killing in these workouts. So um, I, I, I definitely think it's interesting to, to, to see because these are top-of-the-line players, so it could be right. Um, but, no, I think Brooklyn is a good pick, my bad. I, ain't one. Yeah, I think you got one more that he moves. Y'all think, wait, y'all think that um... – that we might be overrated in Brooklyn just because they have this top-end talent? No, because I think when you do have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you're the top three team in the East easily. Mm -hmm. I, feel like. I, I think when you compare them in the East, it's probably a lot more simpler than just like if they were out the West. I think it would be a lot more like they would actually have to work. Like they would have to know how to play together and how to win together. Out East, I think their talent could, you know, they could actually be a top one or two seed if their talent was there. Do do any of y'all pick them to win the East right now? Just like off the top of y'all head, would y'all pick them to win the East? Uh, yeah. Because when you, I last saw Kevin Durant, I don't think anyone in the East was stopping him. And I feel like he could definitely carry a team through the East. It's just a matter of can he carry a team against one of those Western conferences. The only reason I'm saying no is not because of anything Derek said. Um, and, I, I might, and I could be totally wrong. It's, we all just predicting. But – for me, I'm always reluctant to pick that team that's in their first year together, unless it's like the Warriors. Um, and they're in a lot of firsts, right? Like it's Nash's first year. He got Amari, his first time coaching. This is Kevin Durant, Kyrie, as good as they are. It's their first year that's going to be sharing the floor. Uh, this is the first year for the rest of the guys to play with a fully healthy Kyrie and Kevin Durant, like Spencer cares. Um, so, Whenever you have that much change in the first year, um, I kind of have to give you a little wiggle room. So if they don't make it, I, I don't think we have to bash them, even on mainstream media will. But I always try to give that newly built team at least a year. Um, unless it's like the Clippers. The Clippers was talking shit. The Clippers <laughs> asked for the, you know, they was talking shit. They was up 3-1. You know what I mean? And, and that's what comes with it when you rah-rah, like uh, Pat Bev and the rest of those guys. Marcus Morris, I, lo I love him, but stepping on Luca and, and doing extra shit, that's what comes with it. But if Brooklyn doesn't, I'll give them the wiggle room. Um, but if they did win it, I, I wouldn't be surprised either, if that makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. I think they're a super interesting team. 
just with like their two top guys, like on their own, they haven't been able to get over that hump. It always took like, you know, KD and the Warriors or it took LeBron James with Kyrie. I think that it really just comes out. It, it's really going to depend on like how they come out. Cause when I look at comparison to the other teams in the East, when it comes to the playoff time, I see like there's a weakness, right? With Giannis and them, like you could build the wall, Ben Simmons and Joe, we, we know what they, you know, what their weakness is. When it comes to KD, Ain't, if he's on, ain't nothing you could do, you know. So that's the thing I, that gives him the edge. But again, he ain't played basketball in over a year, and we don't know what you know. Is he gonna be the same MVP type KD, or is he gonna be maybe eighty percent of that? Is he gonna be seventy-five? We don't know yet. Isn't it been like a year and a half? Like it was the finals of twenty nineteen. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You so, make an interesting point, Mike, that they have been able to get, get over the hump. You know, as like the guy of their team, mm-hmm. uh, and it's funny because what we may see is them go get a guy, right? Like. Harden, the Harden situation, they're going to try to, you know, invest in if it, if it comes plausible. So, it, how would y'all feel about that? Like, how, do I, you? I hate the idea. Rather, huh? I hate the idea. Yeah, okay. would y'all rather see them win just with them two, so it can be like boom, or because it's like Mike just made a great point. I hate, I don't want to be that guy because Kyrie ain't an argument to be the greatest ever. I think it only matters when you're in that top tier. Um, but these are two guys that, yeah, when they are the guy on the team, they haven't been able to get over the hump. And, I mean, arguably, you can say Durant was the guy if you're a Durant fan. He was a guy for the Warriors, but come on. Yeah, but then the guy they're going against, going to get, he also has had the same struggle with James Harden. He hasn't been able to get over the hump with any right. team he's put together. So, but it'll be if they get together and win, it's still like that's not getting over the hump for KD or Kyrie because you just got James Harden. Right. Yeah. I, I I was thinking more of just like overall fit to get James Harden would just be I don't think it would work out. I mean I, I, we're past the point. That's like some two K shit, you know. It's like let's just get the best players available and it's gonna work because two K only worries about the overall. I don't think that's the way the NBA works. And I think we're finding that out more and more every single season. Where it's like you can't just plaster together the best team and expect them to be successful. Like the Clippers are a perfect example of that. They had. A, a very, very great team. But we knew once we hit the locker room, things were a little bit different. We just saw Montrose Harrell go from one locker room to the other because he won't really rock it what the Clippers are really doing. It's more than just putting together the best top-end talent unless you have something like, like the LeBron thing. Like LeBron and the Miami Heat, that was like one of the only times we just put together three superstars and it's going to mm-hmm. work out. And then it didn't even work out that first year. And then it the way it ended wasn't great either. So it's just yeah, like, they basically underachieved. Yes, facts. They did. They definitely did. You would take two championships 100%, but, like, that's less than what you thought you were going to get at the end of the day. Because it's, it happens where, like, in order to get James Harden, you're going to have to throw – right, not three. And they, they went on and on. But um, to get James Harden, they'd have to throw in the whole team. Like, you know, we, every player other than Kyrie and KD will probably have to be in this trade. And now you just have where, where the Miami Heat struggle was, like, you have these top three guys, and after that, now we're signing these vet minimum guys. We're going to have the oldest team in the league because now we have 40-year-old Ray Allen, who was good because he had one of the biggest shot in NBA history. But just overall, the rest of the team wouldn't look good. And now we got to worry about fit of these players. Like, say what you want about LeBron, Wade, and Boss. They made it work, and they, they had a, this fit to it. And it took a year to make it happen, but they had to fit. And a lot of that had to do with the sacrifice of Chris Boss. Like, Chris Boss in Toronto was amazing. Then you go to Miami, he's a spot-up shooter. Not KD, not James Harden, no Kyrie. None of these guys are going to turn into the Chris Boss of the group. 
I can't see that right. happening. But somebody yeah. would have to, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, this is one of the biggest reaches ever, but I think it's just like, would this change y'all opinion? So say they, they had like a all these like vets on the team or whatever. Would this change y'all opinion on seeing James? I was like, you know what? I'm cool with coming off the bench. They can get their shots first. I'll come off the bench and then I'll run the show afterwards. He's still getting his 30 plus, but he said they came out and said that. But y'all be like, okay, maybe I could see it working there. Uh, I, I don't know which coach it was, but somebody was like, I, um, it ain't about who started, it's about who finishes, right? Yeah. And James Harden. I mean, he's going to finish the game. Yeah, right. He's, he's going to be gonna on the court. Yeah. yeah. It was the coach that coached um, Patrick Williams, KB. He did say that. Yeah. He did say Wait, that. what happened? So, um, I don't know college coaches for Florida State. He was asked, there we go. Uh, he was asked why Patrick Williams didn't start. He said it doesn't matter because he finished. He's like, oh, okay, cool, nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mike, your question I was like, entertaining, Mike, because I know he's not coming off the bench. Right? <laughs> no, it's no way. But I, I, I agree with everything you were saying, KB. I would just, you know, um, but the one thing I will say is the more and more we find out that that ain't necessarily a way to do things, teams are still going to do it. Yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna feel like our team can do it. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna feel like, and if we don't, it ain't our fault. It's the fucking players' fault. We did everything. We went and got the the, the name of the game for the GM and the owners is to get the best players you could get. We did our part. Dumb motherfuckers couldn't figure it out on the floor. They ours are friends with these guys. I feel like that adds more pressure to you because they're pushing for it more, and you got to satisfy your big stars. So. If they want it, you're gonna probably go get it. Yep. Kevin Durant, James Harden, we know they cool, so he mm -hmm. probably is pushing for them to try to get it. It's just when you do it mid-season, not mid-season, but like after free agency when everybody's signed, it's just not really wiggle room. There's nothing you can really do with your roster at that point. Like KB said, you're gonna have to sign a bunch of old heads that's still free agents. Even if you do that yeah, before uh, free agency, it's the same thing because the free agents can be out there, but you ain't going when you have the contracts of Harden, Durant, and Kyrie. You're yeah. never going to have wiggle room before, after, or in the middle. So that's just what you signed up for. That's I think that's why you mentioned the Ray Allens, the Chris Andersons. Who else did they have? What's my boy's name? Carlos Arroyo was they starting mm -hmm. point guard at one point. Uh, Mario Chalmers. You know what I'm saying? How many times did we see they on Mike Miller. Talk on Joel Anthony? <laughs> no, yeah, Mike Miller hit some big shots in that finals. Yes. Um, that's a good pick, though, Derek. Give me your third team. Uh, the Warriors. I want to see how uh, Stephen Curry come out and play without Klay Thompson. I feel like the stigma is that he's not good without Klay and that Klay is the I feel like he's going to come out and he can have a big MVP year. We got James Wiseman coming in as like the best center that they've had. And then Draymond Green also had a very down year last year. And I think he's going to come out with a chip on his shoulder, something to prove. And then Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, all going to be in different roles on a Probably a legit playoff team for the first time, and I like it. I think that team can go deep, and we're going to get to see if Steve Kerr is a really good coach. Uh, if he can really come out and put together a system or schemes that can really help this team look like legit contenders. You're a big James Wiseman guy, huh? I like him, man. You he, know the big fella got a lot of big fella. He got that footwork. He got he could step out, hit the 18-15 foot jumper. He got a little bit of everything in his bag. He just got a little. He looks different than that. The average D Mills favorite big, like Lamarcus Aldridge, Derek yeah, Favors body yeah. type. Yeah, right. He all slim and athletic and stuff. Hey, so, Mike, what's little baby? Uh, what's the name of little baby album? I don't even. I don't even remember. 
You know Mike don't listen to full albums. He just get the singles off. That that needs to be the Warriors theme song, theme album. Like something to prove is they thing. You Derek just hit on it. James Wiseman only played a few games. He got something to prove. Kelly Oubre been traded twice in the offseason. For him to be who he is, he definitely has something to prove. Draymond Green with the year he just had something to prove. Motherfuckers think he's done for. Mm-hmm. Uh Steph Curry without Clay or KD, something to prove. Like the that that's just be the Kerr, something to prove. Like they I think that that's the team, that's the theme of this team. Is that a lot of them Wiggins just have too. chips on their shoulders because they have something to prove. Huh? Wiggins too. They, they say oh Wiggins. yeah, my boy. Yeah, my boy. <laughs> Wiggins, yep. Are they contenders though? Without Clay Thompson? Hell no. Hell no. No. Hell no. no. They they need that sniper boy. Yeah. My boy uh, Derek said deep playoff run. I'm like, oh, he mean like the like real deep playoff run. Hey, if they went to the finals without Clay and it was game seven and Steph Curry went to shoot a game one of three, I would jump up and block it. I don't even want them to win without Clay. <laughs> <laughs> An idea to, to think that they can exist without Clay. Because I agree with I I don't want to say I agree with the notion, but I do think Clay Thompson is an instrumental part of the rise and success of Steph Curry's career. Yeah. Uh, that's not to take anything away from, from, from Steph, but I think they do need each other and have helped each other catapult to where they are. Yeah, I know Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins isn't Clay Thompson, but last year when Steph was playing, I don't can't remember who they started lineup was because they had some <laughs> pieces. But the guards that they had in there, they were just – Russell. Um, and probably yeah, the Russell 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 Russell. Skinny. Maybe. I know they were just pretty much doubling Steph. Mm-hmm. If you take a look, Steph shot like 20% from three last year. He only played like five games, but he shot like 20%, which is like, when you look, <laughs> when you look at his player card and you don't realize that he only played five games, you would think that that man fell off heavily that one year, <laughs> heavily. All right. That, that's three very good teams. D Mills. What about you, Mike? Give me, give me the first of three teams. Uh, I got Three teams, they all out East. First team I'm going to go with is the Hornets. I'm excited to see LaMelo Ball. And also they added Gordon Hayward too. So he's going to be an important piece. I think they can even have a chance at a playoff run. Uh, second team. Wait, 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 wait. You got to give us time. We The reason we're doing this, so you say a team, we talk about that team, and then we move on to your second team. So um, Charlotte, I think you actually said everything. Never mind. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see P.J. Washington. He had a really good rookie year. Okay. Uh, I feel like he can really come out and be real good in the second year, especially having LaMelo and Gordon Hayward, like two real good playmakers he can have next to him. And uh, I'm interested to see what, how their lineup looks. Because mm. this is DeAndre Russell. I mean, not DeAndre Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Rozier, uh, LaMelo, and... Um, Vontae. <laughs> I feel like um I feel like Vontae is gonna have to come off the bench to start off with. Um, it's funny because he was their best guard last. Yeah, but his game to me his game fits that six man role. It does. Um, he he came out and said he was I think he said at college like they had even the three guard lineups or just like where he played with a lot of guards and you know it kind of worked best for him because you know it's just and yeah I, I think Rozier got to be the one to come off the good bench man. I know he's, he's being paid nineteen, but I feel like Devontae Graham. Fits Lame- helps Lamelo better. He can catch and shoot off Lamelo and play off him. Because if you put Rogier out there, Lamelo kind of is gonna be guard. But like Rogier got to be a go- like that's the way Rogier is lethal. Rogier ain't lethal by just sitting off and playing to the side. So that's a good pick. I like the team though. I agree with D Mills. PJ Washington is in- intriguing. Um, we know the names of the team. The people I'm locked in. I want to see what Malik Monk is gonna do. 
because he should really be their sixth man, if we're being honest. He should be one of those guys for them. And then the Martin brothers. I like Cody Martin a lot, so I want to see the the steps that he takes because he's been one of the, the most underrated defenders in the league. Um, and Miles Bridges, Kyron's guy. <laughs> That's so funny. It's hard think- to think of Miles Bridges or see him and not think of Kyron. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Um, <laughs> what happened to Malik Monk last season? Didn't, I'm trying to look it up. Didn't he get suspended for something? Drugs. Okay. Okay. Pretty sure that happened in Austin. I feel bad. He he's got a game, man. It's just like when you're a six man, the way he plays, it's just hard to get be like consistent, you know, especially when you're not a consistent player. Like that that's how you earn your minutes, is like we can rely on this dude to come off the bench, give us fifteen points, give us it. He he's a dude that he maybe give you sixteen, he may he give you zero points. Like I just think his game, mm-hmm. you know, they talk about the lost art of the NBA, like that's the mid range game. That's not his game, that's not what I'm saying, but I think what, what he's supposed to be is like a lost art in the NBA, which is the the I'm a, I'm a shooting guard in a point guard's body, and I don't do shit that a point guard does. Like the Lou Williams. Lou Williams is a rarity in today's game. Mate Ellis fell off the face of the earth like that because the game just don't – those 6'2", six, 6'1", six, like I'm literally in a point guard's body. I'm, I'm actually smaller than point guards, and I don't do shit that a point guard does, and I'm just trying to score – those guys don't thrive in the league like that no more. Donovan Mitchell is like the star status guy who's like a 6'3 shooting guard. Uh, then you got Lou Will who comes off the bench. Am I forgetting anybody who's CJ. like a 6'? Who? CJ McCollum at like 6'3. But I would even, yeah, I would even say he's like a 6'4. His, his, his proportions are like, he's got long arms and stuff. He looks, yeah, he looks a lot taller, I guess. But Malik Monk looks small as hell when he's out there to me, man. And he, like I said, if you're not, if he's not even a combo guard, like some of those guys, they at least are combo guards. Like I could see Tyrell Terry with the Mavericks. If he, he may not ever be the point guard because he's playing with Luca, but if he's out there and Luca sits, he could probably he could run an offense. And then when Luca comes back, he's playing off. Malik Monk ain't running your offense, um, or looking to play make at all. Yeah, not, don't do that. <laughs> so uh, I'm rooting for the guy though because I think he has game. Uh, and I think he can be explosive off somebody's bench, but I'm trying to think. I don't really know many six two Dewan. Y'all, do y'all remember Dewan Wagner? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, like those don't exist no more. Dewan Wagner, one of the greatest high school scorers ever. D Mills yeah. went to uh, play for Memphis with Calipari. Went to the Cavs before LeBron came, and they were supposed to be like the duo. But he had something wrong with his. Uh, he had a bladder infection, something serious that almost lost his life. His son is now a five-star recruit. Yeah, his son is LeBron, him and LeBron both have these star-studded high school players. So, yeah, but check out some DeJuan Wagner highlights. <laughs> like, that motherfucker cold. He was nice with it. Um, I remember when Laurie Marketing got drafted, and the people on TV was like, we don't understand why they would take him when a sh- for sure a guy like Malik Monk is still on the board. So... <laughs> You know, just just a lot of a lot of things really really change uh, when it comes to this draft stuff. People are for sure, and then they not end up being. What'd you say, P? I remember being pissed. We didn't get Malik Monk. Was Malik <laughs> Monk taken like right before Frank or right after? Um, he was taken eleventh, and Frank was eight. Yeah, I know. I was like, damn, why not Malik Monk? <laughs> I wanted Laurie for Porzingis, Laurie front court, but once Laurie was taken, I'm like, let's just get Malik Monk, man. Mm-hmm. 
That's just I, mean, I I ain't watching much in, in college, but I, I mean, I've seen like a few of those games, especially when they played uh, that game against Lonzo. They played UCLA. I was like, my man's is a bucket, though. Yeah, like, he had a point game against North Carolina. Yeah, like, he, he was actually like that. So I can see why people was really high on him, though. I want to see. I, no, I'm still kind of high on him, to be honest. I just think that like when when we talk about like for like what KB just said, there's a for sure guy at <laughs> like you can't say that about a guy who's like let me see what they got him listed. Yeah, they got him listed at six three, two hundred pounds, mm-hmm. and it, it's just been inconsistent for him. Because I remember we talked about this last year on the pod, or maybe it was before. Like yeah, it was last year. And I was saying Malik Monk could have a 20-point game. Then he have three games, but he has two points. Right. Yeah. Then he have a 29-point game, four games, where he has three points. So it's just like, you know, that that's another thing, too. It's hard when you're not getting that consistent consistency in your game. Because when I look at his game logs, yeah, he started off the year, the, the first game in 2018, he had 18. 18, 11, 15. He had 20, 21, 16. It was all consecutive. Then he go four points, six, two, zero. 15 points again, 26. Then he went 7, 2, 2, 4, 10, 16, 9, 7, 9, 19. Didn't play the next two games. 13, 8, 5, 9, 21, 0. These are all consecutive games. 21 points one game to 0. Then right after 0, 16. Then right after 16, 5. Then 24. Then back down to 7. Like, these are all – I just read those all on the line. Like, just inconsistencies. He had a stretch where he had four. He had zero points. Then the next game, he went 14, 16, 20, 18, 12, 7, 4, back to zero. <laughs> man, <laughs> man went on a little roller coaster ride. <laughs> like a legit roller coaster. That's a good team, though, Mike. Give me your second team. Uh, my next team's going to be the Hawks. I, I just like how they built, man. I think they're the pieces that they already have, they're going to get better. And then they added a lot of talent. Um, talk about with, with Bogey, and then they also added Gallinari. So they added shooting. And then they also added Rondo, too, which I really liked. Um, they why, why are you looking like that? Because I'm waiting. I, I like Rondo. He's a dude that's going to give them that playoff experience. Uh, a team that I think is a question is, what what is their floor? Like, what is the team? What is, you know, how many wins can we expect this team to to have looking at their roster? Okay, you didn't mention Chris Dunn. That's all I was waiting for, but okay. Man, forget Chris Dunn. Right. You talking about forget Chris Dunn? He going to be that staple, that wing defender that they need. You tripping. Um, no. He don't watch Bulls. He didn't watch Bulls games. You go watch Hawks games, you're going to be like, damn, Chris Dunn actually nice as hell on, def- on defense. Can't do nothing else. Um, but okay, what what is the floor of this team? So we're talking about with a 72-game season. Um, I think the floor would be like a 36-game 36 wins would be the floor to me. What'd you say, D Mills? You said 36 wins? That's yeah, that's floor. that would be the floor to me. I would, I mean, if, make it like if nobody gets injured and nobody ends up contract, nobody important ends up contracting mm-hmm. the virus. Cause y'all know if they contract the virus, they're out for uh, 12 days at the minimum, which mm-hmm. is usually going to be like five games. So if Trey Young, God forbid, ends up catching it, he missed five games. Mm-hmm. they're going to be in trouble. And I feel like a lot of teams kind of fit that as well. So on a perfect, healthy season, I think that will be their floor. Um, but I think their ceiling will probably be like whatever the number is to get like maybe six seed, seven seed. Yeah. I, I, I could definitely see that. I mean, when I, I was trying to just make it a little bit relative, like, because, you know, obviously they're, we're missing 10 games. I was thinking like maybe if we add those 10 games, maybe they go five and like five, five. So maybe they overall they end around like 40-something. 
wins in a, like a regular season like mm-hmm. in the east that that's, seems just, that's like literally what i that's what i said though yeah but uh whatever in the <laughs> in the <laughs> east that seems like a, a six or seven seed though so like and that was their floor too yeah so i i think there should be high expectations for this hawks team nah, bro. Contrell's floor was 36 is mm. his ceiling was a six seed mm. Right. Not not the ceiling being, I mean, not the floor being a six seed. Yeah, you said the floor was a six seed. Regardless, the scene got expectations. No, <laughs> they, <laughs> no regardless, I, I'm saying what KB said. What's your I, if your thoughts is that their floor is the six seed? Say that. No, I'm saying I was comparing relative to what he was saying when they were like 36 wins in a 72 game season. I'm just adding the wins, just like I'm thinking of it relative to an 82 season. 82 games. That's the same, but that what we we right. basically what we said they're on the same we, pace. We were, yeah, they're gonna be yeah, something that's some 41 and 41, 36 and 36. I mean, it's it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I, I, for me, yeah. when I think of the Hawks, I, I gotta look past this season. Don't think they're gonna do shit serious. They'll make the playoffs cool, but um, I look at the things surrounding that. Like when we like, for instance, I have I, I played like the my 2K thing on 2K, just trying to get a feel for it. I was the Pistons. Our first game was against the Hawks. Cam Reddish didn't play because they have like literally in 2K and I'm playing 12 minute quarters. He he played garbage minutes. He played like the last minute because even 2K knows you can't play that many players. Somebody falls out of the loop. We already know Gallinari is coming off the bench for John Collins. Uh, I'm assuming Clint Capella is going to start, mm-hmm. which means now Aneka Kongu comes off the bench. Um, Hunter. Hunter has to probably start to small forward. Um, and then you're going to have Bogey and Trey. Now off the bench, you have um, Rondo, you have Akongu, you have Gallinari, you have Herder, you have Reddish, you yeah. have Chris Dunn, who you signed. Everybody can't play. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that shapes up. Rumlin's already that John Collins could be the odd man out as far as the trade because of the money that he's going to want. They probably don't want to give it to him. I'm looking at things like that um, because – even, yeah, I think they can make the playoffs, but I know when they do and if they can make the playoffs, they're not probably going to do too much. It'll just be something good for their young team. But I'm looking at the odd man out and how they're going to handle that because I think they put themselves in a position to where, yeah, they're, they're loaded and, and they have some depth. But um, we know depth ain't always the answer. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it'll be – especially when you have a team that's young and that you're trying to develop – even if Cam Reddish does find a way to get minutes, is it going to be enough for him to develop his whole game? Same with Hunter and Herder. So, you know, we'll see. Uh-oh. Yeah, we definitely saw last season, like, DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, the second half of the season, they were really starting to come together and they was hooping. So, like, it's kind of interesting to see how that even works with that log jam at their position. Like, when you have young stars like that developing, like, and they looking and they're showing that potential, I don't think you should go get guys that really, like, hinder their minutes. Because you're going to give those guys those minutes. And it kind of – it puts pressure on them to now really come out and hoop. And I feel like you don't want to put that pressure on your young guys, especially only in their second season. I agree. Hey, hey, my, I, my counter, I got a counter to that, bro. My counter would be they, they already got their guy, face of the franchise guy, Trey Young. He ready to go, it looks like. I, I'm trying to get, you know, my team as well prepared to get to the playoffs and, you know, and get the best out of him so far. If, it, if that's demoralizing for the young guns. At what cost? If that's demoralizing the young, if that's demoralizing the young stars that they don't want to play hard, then I mean, no, why, 
no, no, I, no, I think I think that there is some to me there's some value in competition, right? Right. I don't want to just throw him out there because he's young and we spent the draft pick on him. I'm cool with him fighting with the other wings exactly. on the team for his minutes. Because at the end of the day, I think that'd be better for him instead of being like, "Here, we drafted you at six, so now you have to play thirty minutes a game so you can develop." How about you work your ass off and you beat this other guy if you really yeah, want I, these I, minutes? Now we'll go with that point of view. Now, what if he does outplay those guys and you just paid Gallinari that bag to mm-hmm. not really play? There's, there, it's like no, a little- no, no. Th- that I don't think that's the thing because Gallinari's third year is not guaranteed. It's like five million dollars. Like, I mean. There are multiple spots. Like the guys that we're talking about, the th- good thing about their wings is that they can run a couple different positions, right? Where DeAndre Hunter can be a three or four, Cam Radish can be a two, three or four. The way he he defends, like sure. there there are different spots that they can run. John Cos is a lock to play thirty five minutes at mm-hmm. the least, not a bunch of minutes at the four. It's just not like I don't care how versatile those wings are. He's a lock to play that many minutes. Trey Young is a lock to play even more minutes, like 37 to 38 minutes. Mm-hmm. And even if he doesn't, Chris Dunn and, and Rondo, cool. Bogdan, for the money that they paid him, he's a lock to play 35-plus minutes. The wing is the only open spot, and those two are going to have to battle for it. And then hopefully, shit, I mean, somebody – there's just an odd man out. Because even when I, I, I thought – when I just said that, I'm like, shit, they can just split that. But then technically, they they really somebody's still out. You know, I'm st- I, we still. Right. I mean, but but that's that's what they got themselves into by drafting two guys at the same position in the same year, right? So they they basically like make maybe one of these two guys to turn out, and if one of them do, then we hit the lottery, right? Like like selecting Cam Reddish. I don't think they knew that they were going to end up with Cam Reddish because you remember he fell in this draft, um, and they were like, this is this is gold. This is gold for us. We we have to take this shot. And I mean, I don't know how these guys are going to develop, but I'm, I believe that Cam Reddish will be a better player than DeAndre Hunter when it's all said and done. I think Cam um, Reddish will be a better player. I think he'll be more diverse. I think RJ Barrett. I think he'll be more diverse than Hunter. Um, Hunter just seems to me like the the typical three and D guy, which are very valuable in basketball. But like, I think Cam Cam Reddish can literally create it. Will be able to create his own shot one day, um, and his defense is good too, or show flashes of that. Um, I literally look at him as like a Paul George, a young Paul George. Yeah. And his but, his career looks like the same trajectory. Paul George was a picked around 10 to 11. I think Cam, I think Cam Reddish was picked 10th. Uh, both ain't come out the gate being the guy because he had Danny Granger. He has Trey Young and the guys in front of him. Um, Cam, Paul George's first moment was guard Derrick Rose in the playoffs against the Bulls. That sounds like what Cam Reddish would probably have to do in these playoffs if he's able to get the minutes. Um I, I, I'm not. I'm not again. I, I'm not saying anything that they did was bad. I'm just saying when I look at the future, um, I just want to see how they handle those questions because they're going to come. That's just. It's just. That's just what it is. Um, and if you have to get rid of some guys who have extreme potential, I don't know if it's worth getting the sixth seed at your highest. I don't, the ceiling being a sixth seed, I don't know if it's worth it if you're going to have to trade John Collins and Cam Reddish. But I feel uh, like, I, I think we're, we're probably looking too short-sighted, right? So the Gallinari contract is literally just two years guaranteed. And uh, they could come up with, hopefully they extend John Collins because he's worth the money. I don't know if he's worth a max, but he's worth a good amount of money. And um, in that time, Gallinari ended up being 20, I mean, 34, 35, going into that third year of his contract that's not even guaranteed. Um, like, Gallinari and, and could be like this, this bridge to when it's time for us to really be the real deal, right? Hopefully. He's 
that I think that's what they're hopefully that's what they got in mind because he is a, he is a vet he's a good locker room guy from everything I've heard um, and he knows how to win at the end of the day he ain't one on the top level but he knows how to help a team be competitive and win and that's what Atlanta Hawks fans have been waiting for for three years and that's what Trey Young wanted like the reason they made these deals is because Trey Young basically walked in the locker in the in the front office like. Let's win. I'm tired already. I've been here for two seasons. I'm tired of this shit. So let's go get players that'll help us win. And they they, they did that. What's you say? That's oh, that. Course. Put the pressure on them. Mm-hmm. They're going to fail you because they're not supposed to be in a situation to thrive. And then he's going to get his way out. That's a good pick, though, Mike. Go go to your last team. Anthony Davis recipe. Uh, my last team is gonna be the Wizards. I'm super excited to see John Wall, man. Yeah. Like, if he can come back healthy, like mm-hmm. I, the thing about the Wizards, they're like, you, they're like one of those friendships that like you could not see him for two, three months. It could be years, but as soon as you see him, like you're like, hello, like it felt like y'all never left. Every time the Wizards got a healthy roster, I'm like, man, they could be a four, fifth seed out there. Like, they hello. they got. They they got they got hoopers out there and always looking back like they never have like spectacular rosters or nothing like that. It's usually Bradley Bill, John Wall, and some decent players. They got nice young players with Rui and, and they picked up Denny, but like John Wall and Bradley, they're they're pretty good at making the players around them better. So I'm super excited to see what they do this season. John Wall got that boy Otto Porter that contract and that boy wilding yeah. right now. Had Gordon Ty hooping <laughs> out there, bro. Bro, I can't I can't believe that that. Auto Porter video is from this year, bro. It's got to be from last year. There's no way that was, that was this year, bro. And I tried to find it, like, on YouTube or wherever. I can't find it. So I, it, I don't it know might what video from... you're talking about. Oh, boy. It, I think somebody put it in the in the Twitter chat. So after the show, uh, check Twitter chat because yeah. he, it's wild. he basically, I'll tell you what it is. It's like mm-hmm. a video of Auto Porter, and he's, like, he's hosting a Halloween party and he got some liquor and he pouring it in women's mouths and it's just like if this if this happened during a pandemic and he had this big of a party he needs to be in some real trouble from the nba that let's be honest that would have been halloween they was dressed up in costumes but it could be last halloween and no it could be i'm hoping that it was last halloween now, what mask is hiding in the video not a single mask but other than like Halloween mask, you know. But right. That's what. I, that's what. That's what I'm. Why would it have just, if it was last year Halloween? Why would it come out close to this year Halloween? Yeah, that's it, the thing. We would have seen it last year. But nobody gives a damn about Otto Porter. So like, right. so like making it. If it happened last year and having to surface this year, the reason it surfaced this year is because we're in a pandemic and this is a no-no. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Video of Otto Porter acting a fool during a pandemic. <laughs> that's funny. I hope I, I, I he and training camp right now. That's crazy. His, his hair is long in that video. That is, f- hey, that's that's the, all the detective work we need. This was this year, bro. Last year he won rocking the dreads, bro. He just wasn't. This is yeah. that's that's pandemic hair. Everybody's growing their hair out because nobody wants to go to the barbershop. Wow, that's good detective work, P. <laughs> I mean, he was he did have dreads last year though? Oh, he did. I'm looking at media day right here on my phone and um, it had flashlight on yeah why is it on <laughs> <laughs> um but what the, you wizards. Saying, the wizards right okay so the wizards um yes they also signed robin lopez um yep. the, the only problem i have with them that might may, maybe be the reason why they're not as good is because their defense has probably sucked this season uh, maybe robin lopez helps that a little bit but you know they were like the worst defense almost of all time last year 
Um, and then they had like a real good offense, and then like halfway through the season, they real good offense turned into average, and then they were just real shit. Um, but now John Wall helps that. Like, for, in order for them to be a playoff team with that bad of a defense, they have to have like the best offense in the league. They just have to. I don't yeah. know if they will. I doubt I that they will. John Wall play. It's like the Kevin Durant thing. Just mm-hmm. haven't seen him playing so long. Uh, we know some drama and some shit going on over there. One day a, trust, a trade is requested. One day it isn't. One day he's being shot for Russell Westbrook. One day he isn't. Um, him and jo- him and Bradley Bill always had some interesting dynamic. Uh, I think they have some underrated young players like Troy Brown, like Rui Hachimura. I like Thomas Bryant. He brings back Bert Tons. Um, Denny is the, uh, uh, yeah, Denny is over there. So, I mean, it's a lot going on over there. I'm uh, just interested to see how they put it all together, especially in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, they weren't too far out of it last year with Bradley Beal. They got the little invite to the bubble. He didn't go. So, of course, they didn't perform as well. Um, but, yeah, it's intriguing. They got Mo Wagner, Isaac Bonga, the L.A. guy. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, when you look at that starting five of John Wall, Beal, Rui, Bertons, and Thomas Bryan, I think you can legit say in out east that if they're fully healthy, that that's a playoff team. Um, it's just – and a bench side when you do have Troy Brown, Shabazz, Napier, and Robin Lopez. Yeah. Shabazz yeah, like, Napier is a free agent. According to the roster, he's on the roster. Well, yeah, if you're looking at Google, people who've been traded are still on their roster. That's why I haven't looked. Um, look at the Celtics, Gordon Hayward was still on there. Because when we talked about a available point guard, Shabazz Napier name was mentioned. It was. It, yeah, it says that he last played for the Wizards. So he's yeah, so I'm on NBA.com and he's on the roster. That's because they're, they're not going to take him off the team if he don't oh. sign somewhere else until, like, the beginning of the, like, uh, media day. But, yeah, I think I'm, free, I'm like, 90% sure he is a free agent at the moment. Um, yeah, as, a, a as a backup, he's real good. Do you still got Ish Smith off the bench then? Trey yeah. Brown. Let Trey Brown be your point guard. He's good as he is at this. Come on, man. Those three good picks, though, Mike. Uh, Pierre, give me your first team. Um... Yeah, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, okay. I feel like they got a lot of young talent over there, and now that Gallinari's gone, Chris Paul gone, they get to spread their wings and fly. Um, you know, Darius Baisley, y'all know I love me some Darius Baisley, super high on him. More minutes for him. Um, Shea, we get to see Shea at his fullest potential with the full floor. I think this is the first time we've ever seen him with the full floor. And... Uh, I'm interested to see how he responds. People respect him now. He's a name now. He's His attention is going to be on him. He's a team's best player now. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how he responds to all of that. Um, and then um, I, I'm interested to see how this Al Horford shit works out because me and Mike have been talking a lot about him kind of doing the same thing Chris mm-hmm. Paul did. Of course, not to the level. We right. always have to mention that. Not saying that will be a sixth seed and he'll be an MVP candidate or anything like that. But uh, if he can, you know, show that he's valuable to somewhat of his contract and they can then move that for some more first-round picks or young talent, um, I think that'll be interesting. And uh, I, just the direction. It's the first time we're going to see OKC really just not be shit. So, um, and then it feels like that was what we said last year and they were still good. Like, whenever you count them out, like, oh, Durant's leaving. It's just Russ. And then, boom, st- he's triple-double, and they're going to the playoffs still. Oh, Russ and Paul George traded. Old-ass Chris Paul. Yeah, they're nothing. And then they somehow make something work. So we're going into this year, the same thing. Like, hey, they traded away Chris Paul. These guys, now Shea is going to have an MVP season, and they're still going to make the playoffs somehow, some way. Um, but, yeah, OKC for me, man. 
I, I like that. I'm excited to see the uh, the European guy, Poka Sepsley. Because I knew I would rather go into next season without knowing anything about him than to watch some footage. So, like, we were doing our draft coverage. I didn't watch a single second of him. So, whenever he steps on that court for the first time, it's going to be the first time I've ever seen him play. So, I don't know what to expect, and I'm excited for that. I just know that, like, um, in order for him to get drafted – OKC made them promise that he would have to come to OKC like the first year. So he wasn't going to be a draft of stats, which is real cool. Um, and, and during the draft, I think it was like five in the morning, wherever the hell he was at. And like, I remember watching him. He's just at the table with like four of his rel- relatives and none of them are excited because it's fucking five in the morning. Like nobody has energy at five in the morning. Uh, yeah, the but, suit on. Facts. But yeah, every, everything you said is true. I'm, I'm, I would be – I'm kind of afraid of Shea Gilgis-Alexander statistically maybe taking a step back because of the mm. stuff that you said where, like, there's no Chris Paul, there's no Dennis Schroeder. Like, those other weapons that kind of took the pressure off are gone. I mean, Shea could be the type of dude, like, shit, okay, I'll, I'll just average 25 now. But um, with less weapons, he's going to see more more great defenders on him, which is uh, I would be a little afraid of. But I'm happy that the front office, Sam Preston, basically told the world that, like, we're literally building around him. He is our guy. Don't even call our phone because we're not picking it up if it's dealing with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. This is a great 2K roster. Like, li- listen to this name. They just have so much youth. Just so many guys that can just uh, take advantage of these minutes. I'm going to just name the young guys. Hi, Jerome from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. T.J. Leaf uh, from Indiana, Isaiah Roby, who we got a chance to see up close at the Combine, Admiral Schofield from Washington, uh, Kenrich Williams came from the Pelicans, Justin Jackson from the Mavericks, um, Lou Dort, uh, Shea. Um, they still have Hami Diallo. They got Omer Yurt Seven, who played for Georgetown. Super, super big guy. Um, Mike uh, Darius Baisley, and then they have some veterans sprinkled in, like a Mike Muscala, George Hill, Trevor Ariza, um, Darius Miller. You have Josh Gray from from the Pelicans. So I mean, I I just like the fact that it's just the and then Al Horford. So right. you know, just a bunch of young guys. Now Ty Jerome, who barely played in Phoenix, he'll probably get 15 minutes out out there. T.J. Leaf. Who looked great with Lonzo at UCLA? He was the fucking the man. Guy. I, I, I didn't gave up on TJ Leaf, bro. I'm I'm over he it. He looked so good at UCLA. Bro. <laughs> he looked so good, bro. He looked so good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're gonna be like just a weird team. My only concern was what KB said is just like having Chris Paul and Dennis Shooter like to kind of take that pressure off you when you're having a bad game. Like that that's such a comfort. He he's literally just gonna have to keep shooting, bro. Because who, who else is creating their own shot on this roster? Yeah. That's how you make a star, though. Yeah. So, I think it's going to be a fun year for him, though. Y'all think Lou Dirk can have a somewhat of an emergence offensively? Like, can he somewhat consistently shoot the three ball? Pick up of, off that game seven play? I think he – if he has that, that he's a he's going to be very fun to watch. I'll tell you what, Jimmy. I don't know if he can do it. I'm not saying he won't do it. But what I can guarantee is the opportunity to do it will be there. Mm-hmm. You don't get a lot of chance. Okay, see, always. to watch. Okay, see, always got them suspect jump shooters at the two though. With they had Tabo Sepulotion with the Andre Robinson. They can play. They can play defense though. They'll defend their ass. Well, so I don't say. Darius Baisley is the guy to watch from OKC. I think this dude is super, super good. I think he has star potential, dog. Like literally that six nine frame. 
can shoot it when open, can put it on the floor to get to the rim, mm-hmm. block shots, switch a bit. Dude got the full package. He just needs time to develop and play, and he has it now. And he's a part of that New Balance family that I'm mm. supporting. Haven't you been saying this since he was drafted? Yes, I have been. But you've been riding with him for a minute. Like, Yes, sir, since he's committed to Syracuse but didn't go. <laughs> at New Balance. <laughs> What's your second team, P? The Sacramento Kings. Um, so many question marks all over. Uh, Marvin Bagley and his health. Um, think if Marvin Bagley is healthy and he plays how he can play, this team ain't that bad. And I know going into the years, we say that a lot about Sacramento because, you know, but I think this team for real, for real, is not that bad. They De- De'Aaron Fox uh, is due to have another big year because of the, the, the last season. I know he wants to bounce back. He's such a competitor. Uh, let me plug my thing into my laptop. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick up while you're doing that. Um, I agree. He, they were one of my teams on my three, so I'm glad you brought them up. Um, the the front office is still kind of iffy when it comes to things. Like, you remember early in the season, they were like, don't even offer Bogdanovich nothing because we match in everything. We literally yeah. match in everything. And then they just let him go for nothing, which is like a, a player of his caliber you don't want to lose for nothing. I mean, they tried to sign the trade. but I mean, obviously that didn't go through, but you just don't want to lose a, t- a player like that. Um, but and what they lost, they did gain, right? So they, they, they draft at 12 uh, Halliburton, which – when I was talking to him, he was saying that the reason that's the perfect place for him is because a lot of the things that he needs to develop, Deer and Fox got, and vice versa. So I think that they can work very, very well together. I don't know. We still don't know what's what the hell is happening with Buddy Hield. Um, but the rest of the roster, like he said, ain't that bad. We just a couple years away from them being this close to the playoffs. So it's it's not like a lot of things haven't changed with that team uh, uh, since then. Yeah, uh, I think. T- Halliburton is a great replacement for Bogey. But, like, he has a similar game. He's, he's not the shot creator that Bogey is, uh, at least not yet. Probably never will be. But as far as playing next to uh, De'Aaron Fox, we know his catch and shoot is out of this world. Um, hopefully, Buddy Hill can get some starter minutes and be happy now. Uh, I think it's past the time to get traded, so he's going to have to play some chunk. And I think if they start off as good as they can or at least – you know what, somewhat relevant. I think it could change hearts. And if he can, you know, all guys like Buddy Hill want to do is be successful. You know what I mean? And and if they can get him to have successful games early, they can repair their relationship. And then, like I said, Marvin Bagley, man, they have some vets over there like a Harrison Barnes who you could play some for. You got Rashawn Holmes' confidence up last year. I think you had a good draft getting guys like Robert Woodard. Um, who else did they get in that second round? Jamarius that I like? Ramsey. Jamarius Ramsey, I like. Um, so – I, I think they have some good things going on over there. Jabari is still over there, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, he took his he took his option. Yeah, he's still there. He's still there. Uh, and this is a good step for for Luke Walton. I think this is a, you know this is a make or break for him as if, as long as that team is healthy. He has some excuses with the with the injuries and whatnot, but uh, it's time for him to to, to step up and and, mm-hmm. and show that he can coach, man. Because a lot of people was on his ass calling for his job and whatnot. But I like this team. I like this team. Yeah, I feel like last year a big part of their struggles was the coaching. Like he changed their whole offense. Where he yeah. had to. He had to. How did he, he had have- injuries. He had to. De'Aaron Fox went down. I mean, I, I think he had some of the some bad decisions, but I think some of those things when De'Aaron Fox went down, they put the ball in Buddy Hill's hands. I don't think that was the smartest move. But what else were you supposed to do? Yeah, De'Aaron went down with like a high ankle sprain and missed like yeah. ten plus games. Yeah. Even when he came back, they still was playing slow. 
They had one. Yeah, they had one of the slowest paces in the league. I think that uh, he's gonna like, come back and fix that in seven games. That's funny. I I think this team is just gonna be interesting. Um, just because like there's a team that struggles so much, and I think that it's hard to see the success in them without like wins or anything. But this is a team that's gonna have to find that like, especially this year. Like they they might only win. 20 games or something like that. They they could win, you know, not not that many games, but I think finding like Marvin Bradley, maybe he's healthy. De'Aaron Fox takes a leap. You know, Tyrese Halliburton, like he's growing along just as I like all their players. If you can see the direction is going in the upward trend, I think you could, they could take that season as a W. Yeah. What's your last team, P? The New Orleans Pelicans. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been on AS all, all off season just because I feel like some of the moves they made, um, didn't kind of compliment the young core. And I think that's what you want to focus on when you get all those guys for Anthony Davis and you get fortunate enough to, to draft Zion Williamson. I think you want to kind of compliment those guys. If not, then what was the whole point of trading Drew Holiday? You know, right. if like if you weren't gonna compliment these guys, I thought that was what that was for. You trade Drew Holiday to open up opportunity and 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 and, and to, to use your best player or most valuable player other than the young guys to go put some pieces around them and you did the opposite. You got guys who like Bledsoe who's a solid, but I don't know if he can if he compliments this or, or helps Lonzo in any way. Uh Steven Adams don't know how he compliments Zion in the front court, but they are good veterans. So I mean I have to give it a ch- shot and see where it goes. But on paper I'm not liking it. And I felt like there were different avenues and routes they could have went to make their team, you know, um somewhat better i don't think this is a team that should be eyeing playoffs like yeah you want to win you want to make the playoffs of course but you want to put guys in their position and position to reach their fullest potential like there's no sense of making the playoffs if zion isn't becoming who you need him to be the fuck is the point because to make the play like that's the knicks like the knick fans let's get russell why we'll make the afc but is it helping rj bear for our future no then fuck the playoffs that i just think that that mentality has to be a part of it man Trying to taste the playoffs if it's not, making the playoffs is cool if Zion and Brandon Ingram are becoming who they want to become. But if they're not, I, I don't know if it's worth it. And that's just my whole thing. But I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. when you look at the roster, do you really think it's even better than the one they had with Drew Holiday? I think I think having Drew Holiday as that better fit makes them a better team, honestly. And I feel like they could have easily still been pushing, but I know they probably wouldn't have been able to keep Drew Holiday because I know he probably wants to stay and compete. So they had to get rid of him now while his value's high. So I can see why they traded him. It's just the pieces that they got in return. Maybe that was the best offer on the table. Maybe they felt like that was the best offer. They did get a bunch of picks in return. So in all honesty, I wouldn't have turned it down when you get five picks. Mm-hmm. Now, I see what you're saying, though, D-Mills. Like, is this team better than last year? The only way that they would be better is, is because you're going to have Zion for a full season, hopefully. Um, but, like, on paper, I would agree with you. I think last year's roster was probably better with Drew Holiday instead of, like, Eric Bledsoe and, and, and Steven Adams instead of, you know. So, I, I think that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Oh, just nothing from Mike about the Pelicans at all. No. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, I got – no, man. I mean, hey, I got beef with the Pelicans, bro. How they doing How they doing, my boy Lonzo. I like they pay my boy B.I., but – I got to see what they do in my man Lonzo minutes before I start saying stuff about them, especially mm. positive things. Okay. We'll he wait might, to see. He got a lot of competition. He definitely going to have to win that starter role, I guess. Bro, he, better, he better be freaking out playing Eric Bledsoe over there. <laughs> that sounds like a competitive <laughs> trainer. 
Oh my God, man! What is they doing? What are they doing? I don't know. Um, they damn near fighting that train again. <laughs> my first team is the Houston Rockets. Um, I'm guessing that what what they got is what they're gonna hoop with. They're not trading Russell. They're not trading James Harden. At least not right now. And if you take what they had and then you add Christian Wood and Boogie Cousins to it, like this team and a new coach and a new coach, Stephen Silas is gonna come in. He's not just gonna run no five man out. Hopefully, um, this is an interesting team. Like when you have James Harden, you're guaranteed yourself a playoff spot because that boy don't miss games. And he very rarely missed shots, it seems like. So he's going to put up a bunch of points for you to make the playoffs. And now they're more diverse. The small ball thing, cool, it was fun, funny one-year experiment. But they have bigs, like Christian Wood, 4-5, Boogie Cousins, 5. They actually have some depth at the 5 position. And that's going to help James Harden at the end of the day. He don't have the vertical live threat that he had with, like, uh, Clint Capella or Dwight Howard. But the offense should be different. It should be more flowy. And that's what they need as a team. So playoff team. Interesting team, probably not a contender, but they should be fun to watch again. Um, and it's not just going to be five five out. And their glue guy, their locker room guy, will be happy. And PJ talk, he won't have to be down there fully in with the he big. He won't be happy until he gets contract. You, I think. I mean, when you play in forty minutes at center, I feel like I would be unhappy too. But now you take that away, and you're able to play more your natural three four role, where you just shoot threes and guard and offensive weapons on the perimeter i feel like that's more so your thing i would be mad too if you took away my role and told me i had to do something but money is money always everything you're saying is true but i they can change whatever but if he don't get paid he's that was his big thing in all season pj tucker is unhappy because he don't like the way his contract has been handled so they can do whatever they want to do but if you ain't gonna handle that contract shit yeah mm-hmm. i think i and it's just gonna be prioritized that because like you said, he is their glue guy. That's all. I I mean, like, I, I know there was a lot of criticism with like the way Houston played over the last few years and like the ISO ball. Like a lot of people didn't like they didn't think it was that fine. I actually enjoyed it a lot. Of course you <laughs> yeah, you know that's just my type of game. But I, I think their offense, like KB said, could be just fun again. Like it's gonna have that fluidity. And also it's gonna be interesting to see how Westbrook come out too. You know, because, I mean, he's already said that he wants to move on to, and if they can't make anything shake, you know, right away, it's just going to be, you know, weird. It's going to be fun to see James Harden in that normal offense where he doesn't have to sit up there and ISO for the whole game. That would be amazing. It, it, That's how it was when he first him, Like, maybe that fatigue doesn't hit him in the playoffs like it normally do. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can actually keep going and make a push. Dorsey said he never wanted to play an offense like that. They got a uh, – they got uh, my boy from New York, too, Kenny Wolden. I think he's going to be a live threat if he can get some minutes. They got Kenyon Martin Jr., interesting. They still have Eric Gordon. They picked up Sterling Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, they also picked up Gerald Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they brought back Gerald Green. Right, right, right. Um, okay, I didn't know that. Look at that. <laughs> I like Gerald if it could be similar to like how he played like his first like year or two with the Rockets, because when he first went there, he was their point guard, not yeah. like ISO type stuff, but he was actually like running their sets. He was getting Dude. everybody their touches and everything, and he was also still getting his thirty. So if he could do it like that, then hey, you might have to just move Russ as soon as you can. And so, a lot of people give credit who to Steve. Talking Sun. about Mike? You talking about James? James Harden. Oh, I said Gerald Green. I thought I thought he was talking about Gerald Green. <laughs> <No>. Yeah, <laughs> thirty points. <laughs> Uh, and 2K, the jail green always got to fire a jump shot every single year. You need to duck on anybody. Um, but, yeah, um, coaches from Dallas were giving Steven Silas the credit with the offense that turned into, like, the best offense of all time with Luka. 
Um, so we should we we should see. So I think that's fun. My second team was the Denver Nuggets. Um, they lose Jeremy Grant. Okay, they they gave him the same money. You can't do much more than that. They tried to give him the contract. Um, but Michael Porter Jr. is gonna have more time, and he might be my pick for most improved player this season, y'all. And when we were in that bubble, he it was moments where he would catch fire and he was unguardable because even if you had a hand up, he's got like a Trace McGrady-type jump shot where he's going to jump his highest to release that ball. And if he's 6'10 and he's jumping his highest to release the ball, you're not really getting the contest. So they may have lost out on Jeremy Grant, but I think we're about to see Michael Porter Jr. take that four position and just run with it and tear it up. Yeah, I feel like that's when you saw them at their best, when they actually let him be out there. And And – I know they're going to miss Jeremy Grant because he was a big reason why they upset the Clippers because he was the dude that was guarding the Kawhis and the Paul Georges. Mm-hmm. But that just puts more pressure on Michael Porter Jr. that he needs to step up and play that role. He has the athletic ability to defend. It just seems like he just mentally just don't even try. Like he just gets destroyed. So I feel like he's he's going to be more focused. He's going to have that more motivation. And I feel like he can definitely be that guy, like you said, that could be MIP. Yeah. I think they're probably going to have one of the best offenses in the league, right? And they might not play that much defense, but they're probably going to be outscoring a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Michael Porter Jr. could develop into a 15-24 score, and he's, you know, still relatively young, he's their third, but he's going to be their third option, yeah. you know, and he's going to have that type of talent he does. So uh, I'm going to be interested to see how they, like, use their offense. Yeah, I'm not asking him to lock up. I just asked him to just get some effort. Yeah, he's just, big enough to where he just needs to get some effort and he'll impact defense. If he's average, if he turns out to be an average defender, that's that's amazing for the Denver Nuggets. That's that's all they really asking from. I agree. I think it's a, but I think defense for a lot of guys like that are a team thing. So it's it's helpful when you have a guy behind you or in front of you, uh, being that defensive general. They just don't mm-hmm. have that guy. Uh, having a vet like Paul Millsap helps though. So. Um, I like their team. I feel like losing Mason Plumlee and Grant, they just they're just in, in such a position to where they're still fine. You still have Jamal Murray and Monte Ellis. Um, Monte Ellis, Monte <laughs> Morris. I love Monte Morris as a backup point guard. Uh, Gary Harris, Will Barton, shooting guard type thing. Small four, Will Barton as well. Uh, Paul Millsap and Porter Jr. Jokic, and then you put Bo Bo in whatever way you want to play him. I don't think Bo Bo is a center. Probably like a three four. We we talked to him. He and he told said, us specifically he liked playing the four. He told yeah. us specifically he liked yeah, playing the four. Yeah, on, on the Anthony Davis stuff. Yeah, big yeah. body in for him. And then they have guys like PJ Dozier, who I like, just been a part of their system and team. So uh, they picked up Marcus Howard, who was one of the best scores in uh, basketball, college basketball, uh, the last few years. So if he can go in there and get some shots up, and I feel like did, did they not? Did, did, oh, they lost Tory Craig. They lost, lost Tory Craig too. They did. They lost th- like three really good rotational pieces for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's another part of why they are interesting. Like they, I don't think they still have found a backup center, um, for the roster unless it's somebody I'm just forgetting off the top of my head. They lost three like real rotational pieces. Like right. Tory Craig was a big part of their defense. Jeremy Grant was a big part of their defense, and Mason Plumlee was a vi- like one of the better backup centers in the league. So yes, they mm-hmm. lost a lot of pieces. I wouldn't expect them to be as good this year as they were last year because of the the lack mm-hmm. of depth. Jamichael Green, Jamichael Green, mm-hmm. um, Will Barton. I, I'm hoping he can stay healthy, but he I should say a hard time for the Rockets. That's kind of, and they drafted Zeke Naji. Oh, there. facts. Okay, I like I like him. I like him. Um, my last team is the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
Uh, they spent a lot to get D'Angelo Russell to the team, including the, the first round pick for this year's draft. It is uh, protected uh, lightly towards the top. But like, if you were to tell me, if one of y'all came back from the future after the season and told me that the Timberwolves were still bad, I would be like, that makes sense. You know, yeah. like, like they tried to make moves to help out right now, but with everybody else out West also getting better, it's just like they might still end up being a bad team. They're going to yeah, be fun. They're going to be fun as hell to watch, though. Definitely. That's what but, I was about to say. They're going to be bad, but with Kat, DeAndre Russell, and um, Anthony Edwards, they're going to be very fun to watch. There's going to be a lot of highlights, a lot of buckets. They're going to give up a lot of buckets. Um, but overall, they're going to be fun. They're going to be fun. Um, I think this is more so a year to see the development of DeAndre Russell and um, Anthony Edwards and town, just see how it all works. Rubio's now in a new edition. Um, so just – Figuring out rotation, figuring out where you need to plug in holes and where you need to fix. Um, I think that's more so what they're going into this year. They spent mm-hmm. a lot of money on them guard positions this year. They they draft mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards, they, ex- they extend uh, Malik Beasley, and they trade for Ricky Rubio. But, like, their wings are bare as hell. Yeah. Like, Josh Okogie, Jared Cover, who rumors say that they don't even love to start off with. Like, they don't, I, I don't know if they have a four. Who is their four? Jared Vanderbilt or my guy from the Nuggets, Herman Gomez. Exactly. It would probably be Herman Gomez. I, it would also not surprise me if not the not to the effect that what's happened to Phoenix, but if if Ricky Rubio actually did bring a little bit of like just the taste of winning to the team. Just because like he he is a dude that's gonna tell people where to be. He's a floor general and he's gonna get everybody involved. D'Angelo Russell, he does that, but we know what Ricky Rubio can do. Yeah, but What's the role of Ricky Rubio? Is he starting on this team? Has to start. They signed, it, it really, they signed Ronnie Hollis, uh, Thomas Je- Hollis Jefferson as well, too. Oh, yeah. It, it, it really goes into direction. If they're trying to win now, I, I think he does start. And, like, it goes that way. Like, he does get a, a big chunk of minutes. But if it's for the development, then I, I don't see why. So you what know, what does their start think, lineup look like to you? So it's Ricky Rubio, D'Angelo Russell. This it would be Edwards. Edwards at the three, six, three, three. Edwards might is, have to, he might have to come off the bench, man. And they have might maybe have to bring in Kogi for the defense. They don't really have any big wings or what they could. They but, don't. Because Kogi yeah. like six four, six five, and yeah, that's no, like your three. Small. I'm sorry, Anthony Edwards is six five. Yeah, you're right. He, he is six five. Yeah, my yeah, bad. So you can put Anthony Edwards at the three, I guess. Then Rondé Hollis. I mean, no. Bro, defensively they get their ass toe up, bro. It is. It is. Oh man, but it'll yeah. be fun. Athletic has two projected lineups that I'm seeing right now. They have one where they don't have Anthony Edwards starting, and they have one where he does. The one where they don't, they say this is the playing it safe lineup that they're projecting. D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Josh Okoge, Wancha Herman Gomez, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, they have Let the Pup Run, which is D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, Herman Gomez, and Towns. Uh, and then they have Playmaking on Point, which is Ricky Rubio, D'Lo, Edwards, Herman Gomez, Towns, uh, and then sub super subs, D'Angelo Russell, Kogi, Edwards, Herman Gomez, Towns. So that means you have Edwards and, and other guys coming off the bench. Um, confidence booster, which is D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Culver is your starting three, Herman Gomez, and Anthony Towns. So. It's just their weird roster. They're just – they just have so many holes. Um, but like we mentioned, they should be fun. It should be fun with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns and 
see what Anthony oh, Edwards can bring. Anthony Fuller's potential. This team is not bad. Carl Anthony Towns has to be an MVP candidate, though. D'Angelo Russell has to play like an all-star point guard. Right. Oh, wait for him to be an MVP. has to play like a rookie of the year. Are you indicating that they're going to be like in the playoffs? He, he's saying I'm for saying, them, yeah, you. for them to be in the playoffs, Carlton Towns got to be fucking James Harden. He's got to play at an elite, elite level like every single night. Yep. But I, I we'll see. As you get paid the big bucks to do, Towns and uh, Russell. So that's it, man. Those are uh, every member of Through the Wires, three most interesting teams going into the season. Um, we appreciate y'all watching this one. I hope nobody feels bad we left their team out, but do y'all Thanks. see how long three was? Yeah. Clippers, I'm looking at your ass too. Yep. Um, that's it, and we'll see y'all on Saturday. We out. Peace. Mike.